0: back at it. Ooh, all right. Start. There we go. Now we're going. Back at it with the Sock Stack podcast. I'm your host Liam Skiffington. Today I am joined by Boston Red Sox farmhand Alex Benalis. No, I, ju- I butchered it, Alex. You just told me it and I butchered it. <laughs> Say it again. Benalis. Benalis. Oh my god, I'm awful with names. Nothing personal. I apologize, but I appreciate you coming on the Sock Stack podcast and talking about your journey. So you joined the Boston Red Sox in 2021 following a trade. Um, You were actually part of the Hunter Renfro trade. So tell me a little bit about that day.
1: Yeah, I mean, it came out of nowhere. Um, Happened 30 minutes before that lockout that we had. Um, So it's like 10.30 at night, I'm chilling on the couch with my dad. And I get a phone call from a number that I don't have saved. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Goes to voicemail it's like, hey, it's, you know, so-and-so at the Brewers. Can you give me a call, like, immediately? And I was like, oh, this might be important. So I go downstairs call back. And it was, uh, you know, them letting me know, like, hey, like, you're being traded. Like, can't really tell you what's going on or who's involved. But you're going to, the, like, the Red Sox. Thanks for everything. Like, you'll get a call soon. Um, so, like, 20 minutes later, 15 minutes later, I get a call from, our farm director, Red Sox farm director, and, uh, just, like welcoming me. Like, Hey, like you got any questions? Like, this is crazy. Like and I know it's happened so quick, like right before the lockout, um, you know, it's late at night. Like you got any questions, just like, let me know. Like, I'm sure your head's all over the place, but that's how it went down. It was just super crazy, super random, like 30 minutes before the deadline. And, uh, you know, I, I walk upstairs and I'm like trying to figure stuff out. I'm calling my agent and he's asleep. And I'm like trying to like contact these people. And like, I come back upstairs and, you know, my dad's watching ESPN and there it is on ESPN. Like the the trade that just went down and my name's on the TV. And he's like, what what the heck just happened?
0: You know? (laughs) So how you're, like you said, you were like 30 minutes from the deadline of the lockout. What was going through your head then?
1: N- nothing. Like, I was just <laughs> interested to see like, what's going to happen. And, you know, like, I was a part of like the last deal that happened uh, right before the lockout happened. Um, you know, like, growing up, like, I was born and raised in Milwaukee, you know, being traded from the Brewers. So, like, right away, my head was just, like, all over the place, like, not knowing what's going on. Like, yes, obviously, it stung a little being traded away from my hometown team. Like, obviously, it was a dream of mine to, you know, play with them one day. But, um, you know, super happy. And, you know, grateful that it did happen. Just all the, you know, lessons I've learned, how much better I've gotten in this organization, the people I've met, you know, the places I've played. um, It's all been super fun so far. And, you know, I wouldn't trade that for
0: the world. You grew up a Brewers fan. So who were your who were your like top guys when you were growing up that you liked?
1: Um, For me, I was always a Ryan Braun guy. Gotta be. Um, Loved Ricky Weeks as well. I think those those two are my favorite.
0: Are you a Mr. 3000 guy? Um, I mean, you I'll save different. you here. It's an awful movie. It's an awful movie. I'll save you. It's awful. Love Bernie Mac, but it's terrible. Yeah, I
1: was going <laughs> to say, you kind of have to be being a baseball player, but,
0: but yeah. Um, Alex, so in 2022, you worked out at Driveline, um, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, what was that experience like, and how did you come into working out there?
1: Yeah, so our new like hitting coordinator and a lot of our hitting coaches now at the Red Sox
0: throughout the whole
1: complex, all the way up through AAA. Um, a lot of it's dri- people from Driveline. Um, you know, we brought in from Driveline, so we've adopted you know their philosophies, you know their training styles, um, their technology that they use, which is really cool and really helpful um you know it's some sometimes it's more than i can even comprehend you know there's so much numbers and stuff like that but um yeah so we first got our new hitting coordinator and you know he was inviting guys out to drive line out in seattle and we would fly out there for a week two weeks train out there go through um a bunch of testing you know the first day there we're going through like a motion capture thing where you know we're in our our underwear basically that's the only thing we're wearing in our shoes and they hook up all these sensors to your body and you take you know 20 swings and then something generates from there and it's like oh like how your body's moving like you see how you're literally like your skeleton like your skeleton like is super cool um and like showing you how your body can move better in certain places throughout your swing and you know just looking at that and talking with coaches there and they gave me drills to to kind of do and just kind of just something to have in the back of my head of like hey like if i'm feeling this with my hips or my hands like i can think back to that motion capture thing that i did it was like all right like during this time my hands could leak away from my body or my hips aren't you know rotating the best that they could be and so that could be something that i'm feeling right now if i'm going through a slump or or i'm not feeling right in the box so it's it's all these things are here to help us and it's it's been really helpful so far
0: you did. I think I read it correctly. I could be wrong. I th- you said you went through a swing change around yeah. like the off season of 2021, I think. And it had to do directly with your hands. Yeah. So it
1: was 2021, like towards the middle to the end of the season. So it was during the season. I pushed my hands away from my body and I kept doing that throughout the whole off season. And I really just couldn't figure it out. Um, you know, for me being like a stiff guy, bigger, bigger guy, like getting my hands away from my body would let me move more freely. Um, you know, just be more athletic, give me more space to work, and I couldn't just, I couldn't figure it out. It, it wouldn't click. And uh, so, about little less than halfway through the season last year, I went back to kind of keep my hands a little closer to my body, and that clicked right away. Um, you know, that I've always been a hands close to my body type of guy, so. Um, you know, just trying to work through that was difficult. And, you know, now kind of going back a little bit to how my hands used to be. Um, I feel pretty good going into the year.
0: So Alex, you're kind of known as like a, this guy with a bunch of raw power, but how would you describe yourself as a hitter? Because everything I've seen from you, you're far more nuanced than just a, uh, all or nothing guy.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, for me, obviously the power's there. Um, and i'm I'm just gonna compete in the box um you know it doesn't matter who's on the mound lefty righty like I'm just gonna compete and it doesn't matter if I'm at two strikes or i'm at a two o count like i I am there to 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 do damage and hit the ball hard and it's not you know when I say do damage it's not that I'm trying to hit a home run every swing I'm just trying to get a barrel to a ball and the way I look at it is I work so hard in the off season and during the season to maintain my strength to, you know, get bigger, faster, stronger, uh, move better that if I can just get a barrel to a baseball with a clean swing, it should be, you know, that baseball's punished and it's going to be hit hard and normally hard hit balls leave the yard. So it's not that I'm trying to lift every pitch or anything. I'm just trying to hit a baseball really hard somewhere and let my training just take over. Um, and for me, it's, it's, it's not swinging at, you know, bad pitches. It's making the pitcher work, um, letting the pitcher, you know, have certain parts of the plate early in the count, sticking to my approach. And and that that's going to lead to, you know, obviously all my numbers going up, including my power numbers.
0: Can you bring me into your approach a little bit? Because you you certainly are, like we said, you're a big power guy. You got some big strikeout numbers so far, still young in your career. So obviously plenty of time to work on that yeah. what have you done if anything this offseason to kind of limit those strikeouts this year
1: yeah i mean for me it's there's there's been a lot of drill work with like bat to balls and, and foam balls on the on the machine angle machines kind of working on our our bat to ball skills that that comes from you know driveline and and um their philosophies and their drills that they gave to us um so obviously a lot of that and for me it's just i have I felt like the last couple of years I've been thinking about like how my body's moving while I'm in the box. And so, you know, once I kind of got going last year and I got my hands right, it was more of like, forget about my body. You know, I'm just going to lock in on the pitcher. And this, this goes in from like the approach we talked about is my approach changes slightly from pitcher to pitcher. Cause obviously every pitcher is different. So you got to look at the scouting report, which we get on every every pitcher. It doesn't matter starting, reliever, closer. It doesn't matter. We got something on that guy. And so looking over their numbers and how are they going to get me out? Like that's what I'm always looking at. Like big left-handed power bat. What's their best pitches that could get me out? And so like having a game plan of knowing what they're trying to do and trying to beat them at how they're trying to get me out. So it changes a little bit, but at the end of the day, it's the, the approach for me is just being on time for the fastball and you know, in today's game velocity plays and everyone's thrown hard and everyone's got the rising fastball. So you got to be on time for the fastball and then adjust to anything off speed. So at the end of the day, that's, that's my simplified approach is just being on time for the heater, you know, center of the field.
0: Alex, I know you're a big exit velocity guy. I heard a story that you and Henry Davis, when you were at Louisville would, uh, have a competition like during BP who could have oh, yeah. the biggest exit or the highest exit velo? Can you tell Did me that? a little bit about that and your relationship with Henry?
1: Yeah. I mean, me and Henry, when we played three years at Louisville, um, both super competitive and, you know, those were the days where we were both pretty young and immature and after, like, we would just compete about everything. It didn't matter what we were doing. I remember one day I was like, In the summer, we were both rehabbing something. Uh, I think I had a broken wrist, he had a concussion. So we were like both rehabbing after our freshman seasons and we had a lift and it was pretty hard. Like we were having two a day lifts and we're both like doing the same program. And he walked out and he was like, I worked harder than you today. And I go, no, you didn't. And the whole, and we drove together to our lifting facility. The next 30 minutes, the whole ride in the locker room, we're just screaming at each other, arguing who worked harder that day. Um, so we're both competitors and yeah, like, like you said, I mean, he was, he was always big on like, you know, driveline started really getting big, I feel like the last couple years, but you know, Mm -hmm. in 2019 and, and even before that, Henry was always a big like driveline guy, um, talked about stuff that they preach and, you know, exit Velo is a big one. And so he would always have of velo competitions with me when we go hit we would always go in the hack shack we call it our hitting facility at night um we hit together Ooh,
0: the hack shack i like hack that a lot. yeah so yeah so we'd,
1: we'd get in there and we'd hit and whatever and was, everything was comp- like about competing and who's going to be better that day so it was always fun working with him and uh yeah i miss him i haven't seen him in a while
0: who hit it harder
1: me and it made him really mad and i will still let them know to this day
0: i love it i love it um i'm just looking at my notes here alex sorry uh let's oh okay so i want to go back to your college days pre-draft 21 or 2021 you come out i think you were recovering from a hammock bone injury yeah Mm -hmm. so you weren't you'd actually described it in the boston globe as the worst baseball you've ever played in your life Mm-hmm. You were projected to go as a top 10 pick uh, shortly before that. Mm-hmm. And then you fell to three, but during to the third round, but during that time, Alex, when you were struggling, what was going through your mind? Because you certainly had like first round ambitions to, um, entering that season, right?
1: Yeah. Hmm. And, and that was the thing. Like, so I had COVID and I had the whole 2020 and then the fall, when we had fall ball, I was still injured. And so I hadn't I played baseball games really for, you know, over a year. No live pitching, none of that. Like still rehabbing, like really couldn't, you know, get into this like groove of things. And those those first I remember those first thirteen games of the year, it was just awful. Like I had no timing, couldn't couldn't feel anything out, like just wasn't comfortable. And like it was all new and like I like I never played baseball before. And obviously you, you know, the thoughts run run in your head like you read the stuff on Twitter, you see everything of like literally what you just said, where I was projected to go and whatever, and you start pressing and, you know, like I, I try to would tell myself like, just, just play baseball. It doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, it, it does get in your head. And, you know, my, my head coach was always, you know, one of the closest people that I could talk to. And, you know, he would call me in his office, just like, breathe. Like, I, I trust you, like all this confidence, like not you know, jumping me saying, Hey, you got to play better. Like he knew what I was going through and he would give me confidence. And then another one was just like my dad my family, my friends, um, you know, just supporting me just with, with care and like, Hey, like you're going to get through this, like, remember who you are. And, you know, like my dad, like made a phone call to me. It was like, remember who you are. Like, don't, don't forget that even through this tough time. And you know, on the thirteenth game, I, I ended up hitting a homer was against Boston College. I remember a line drive to right field, and after that, it was just you know some of the best baseball I've ever played in
0: my life. You absolutely mashed after that. You hit over three hundred yep. the rest of the year. Yeah, I was I was yeah. waiting for that. I just I kind of kind of trashed you there for, at first. And, but yeah, yeah. The
1: finished the year. You know, ended up hitting like nineteen homers in thirty something games. Um, just just really having fun with it and you know and we can go into like you talked about me going to the third round like I I expected to be a still be a first rounder like obviously not top five top ten pick but I still expected that and you know with that not happening I still remember that night like having family and friends there like it not happening and it still feels me to this day like that that feeling that I had of hey like these conversations I had like I met with over 25 teams, uh, you know, I felt like Dell went pretty, pretty good. Um, then it just not happening. Like, you know, my, my dreams and goals, you know, that I set pre season, pre 2021 season, you know, that happening, like I, I'll always remember that feeling and it's something that carries me like in my off season workouts. Like if I don't want to, you know, wake up at six in the morning, seven in the morning, go, go to a early morning lift, with my trainer or, you know, do that, you know, two, three a day where you work out and you're gone for, you know, 10 hours a day in the off season. It's like, oh, I don't feel like doing that today. Well, it's I, I use that as motivation. So it definitely, you know, made me a better, better person mentally, um, after going through all that
0: for sure. Alex, I want to shift gears real quick you everyone talks about your hitting no one talks about the uh, your defense man you're like you're not you're thank you you're you're pretty good in the field nobody seems to be talking about that you can pick it at first and third what um why do you think no one talks about that because you're not a defensive liability by any means
1: yeah um i it's maybe because i'm not flashy um you know Coach Mack at Louisville always talked about that is it's, you know, you're not going to see me doing some flashy play and making it look all cool, but I'm going to make it. And, you know, I'm going to make the routine play and then, you know, make the occasional great play. And, and that's, that's the key behind being a great, you know, infielder is you have to make the routine play and you, then that leads to making the occasional great play. And, you know, for me, everyone always talked about, oh, he can, he can swing it, but where is he going to play defense? And that always bothered me because I felt like I always played pretty good defense. And so, like I said, off season work on really being able to move, move well, be athletic, be quick. Um, bigger guy like me, like I, I can't just be a, you know, a slug out there and I take pride in that. But, um, you know, working with, uh, Fenster, who was our infield coordinator the past two years with the Red Sox, he's helped a He's like a lot. one of the
0: best in the game, man. One what can you best, tell me about him?
1: One of the best coaches. I mean, one of the best people to be around, first of all. Um, just his personality, the way he goes about, you know, he was the top infield guy. And it's like, you can talk to this dude about anything. And when I mean anything, anything. Like, it, he was awesome. Funny dude, cracking jokes all the time. Loose environment. But um, one of the best teachers too just like the way he could explain things to us and walk us through what's like what he expected um that's just incredible all the drills that he did like n- incredible but um but yeah i i don't really know why people um talk about my defense like that because uh yeah you look at the defensive numbers they they, they look pretty good and it's, there's no arm strength you know issue there <laughs> too i got a pretty good arm so
0: Right, man. I don't, I'm, I'm on your team. I'm on your Thank team. You. So, Alex, you also shared an infield for the majority of the season with Marcelo Mayer, Nick York. Uh, you got to see Kyle Teal a little bit. Everybody's obviously talking about the talent at AA Portland. What can you tell me about your experience sharing the field with these guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, you, you look at all the guys on, on our roster. I'm not even going to name any because I'll forget someone. They'll yell at me. But uh, you look at the talent we had on that roster, um, it was incredible. Um, And the best part about that was, like, there was no issues in the locker room or off the field. You know, when you get, you know, a bunch of guys with, you know, a lot of, you know, people looking at them um, via social media, fans, whatever, um, you know, stuff there could be jealousy there could be you know one guy's doing better than the other and people are talking about it and, like there was none of that like we were all super good friends hung out in the locker room hung out off the field like we just played the game like like we just showed up to the field and it was like we'd all hang out and be like oh we got it like we got a game to play like we just did all of <laughs> our work and it's like oh we got to play baseball now and it, it's just like you know Stuff like that, where it was just super easy playing, you know, 140 plus games a year with with a group of guys like that and the talent we had, and obviously we were winning ball games because we were pretty pretty fricking good. Mm-hmm. Um, and which it, it was just super fun, and and I, you know, last year was probably one of the most fun years I had playing baseball. I, I will
0: say I was up in Portland doing a couple of interviews last year around May and I'll I'll reiterate kind of what you just said. The camaraderie you guys all shared was palpable. I only talked to like a few of you guys. It was palpable. You could see it in the field with the pitchers shagging balls in the outfield, the guys doing their infield, everything. Everyone was just laughing, having a good time. It was one of the loosest environments I've ever conducted an interview in. It was crazy. Yeah,
1: it was awesome. And you, like you bring up pitchers um like our schedules are so different, right, from position players and pitchers. A lot of the times you get you know the pitchers hang out and then the position players hang out like that's it and mm-hmm. last year was like the first year ever where like i actually saw every single dude on the team like doesn't matter what position you play like we we're all hanging out and that that speaks volumes on on the type of you know guys and characters that we got you know on that team and in this organization
0: Alex, real quick, before we let you go here, what is your ultimate goal for 2024?
1: Yeah, I mean, the ultimate goal, I'd say, is, you know, by the end of the year, being, being able to be up in Boston. Um, I, I, th- I feel like, you know, you, got, you obviously got to spend, your, spend some time in the minors, you got to perform. And, you know, I feel like if I perform the way that, you know, I would like to and I expect myself to, um, I should, should be able to have a shot of you know getting up to the big leagues by the end of the year and you know at the end of the day you just got to control what you can control but uh you know if you want to put one goal for my 2024 season is to to get up to boston at some point
0: alex thank you so much for joining the stock sack podcast man we'll be sure to check in with you at some point throughout the season
1: i appreciate it thanks for having me